You're listening to audio from Trinity West Seattle. For other resources, more information about this sermon series, or to connect with us, visit our website, www.trinityws.com. My name is Joel. I'm one of the pastors here. So good to see you guys. Glad that you've joined us here today. Uh, I get to share with you briefly from God's Word this morning, um, and I'm going to just pray as we get ready to do that. Uh, Father, we are so grateful to get to know you, and we recognize that we get to know you through uh, your people, through your spirit, um, through communing with you, just like we're doing right now in prayer, but that we also get to know you through your word. And so we want to do that more right now. <laughs> we want to know you more. Uh, we want to cherish you more. And so help us to draw near to you through uh, the, the passage that we're looking at today, uh, but also help us to be transformed by you, that we might become more like Jesus as we do. And we pray it in your name. Amen. Um, I, I just had a quick other thought that I was reminded of. As Kevin and Misty were up here sharing, I was thinking about earlier we were praying with uh, some of the folks who were here serving earlier this morning, and Ed brought up... Uh, as we were praying, he was, he was thanking God, not just for his faithfulness right now, but he was thinking back to a time where he and Jan were a part of, I don't even know, like three or four iterations back of churches that used to meet in this building, and they're in an upper room over here praying that God would be faithful and that he would build up his church here in, in West Seattle, <laughs> and, uh, and here we are, you know, and, that, and that's just another testament to that, that church... Uh, community, God's people have been meeting here in this space for a long, long time. I mean, that building next to us was built in like 1926. So it's just another reminder of that reality. And, and in fact, that kind of speaks a little bit to what I wanted to talk with you about today. Um, I want to look kind of at a future that I see God preparing for us. Uh, but in order to do that, we really need to look at the past first, and we need to recognize God's grace in our story as a church, because as a church, we've been through a lot of really difficult transitions together. Uh, some, some of you guys who have been here for all that, you're like, yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. Maybe you're not as aware of that, but whether you are, I want to remind us of some of these difficult transitions that God has brought us through by His grace. So first, we went from being a massive megachurch with a lot of problems called Mars Hill to being a small independent church seeking to work through those problems called Trinity, and that we've been able to do by God's grace. Amen? God has been gracious to us. Uh, a little over two years ago, our founding lead pastor moved on to another call that God had on his life. And he transitioned out, and a little less than two years ago, you guys got stuck with me. And uh, I don't know if I can call that God's grace necessarily, but I hope to be a conduit of God's grace. That's, that's my prayer and desire. Uh, and then the day after I accepted the call to come here, we began lockdown with COVID. And I, I have to say it every time I bring that up. I promise it, wasn't, it had nothing to do with me uh, coming here. Um, but COVID has brought many... Twists and turns, unexpected twists and turns. Um, probably one of the biggest ones for me was having come out of a video-based megachurch 
I kind of vowed to never use video for sermons again, and then I found myself in my living room recording videos of my sermons and then us worshiping together online. That was not expected. And of course, having to you know, use video to communicate our sermon is, is fairly inconsequential compared to what so many of you and so many of the world and, and our greater community have gone through. So I don't mean to try and compare those things. Obviously, there's been far, far weightier consequences of the last couple of years and, and COVID, whether that be isolation or illness or the loss of loved ones and, and death. We have had to face so much, and we're continuing to face so much in that. But the past several years of, of difficulty in uh, our church and in society as a whole due to COVID, is, it's, it's not just limited to COVID, right? We've, as a society, been through all kinds of political divisions, racial divisions. Um, we've, we, we've even had this thing that people are starting to call the great resignation, right? And so much transition in the past couple of years. I mean, Misty and Kevin might even be an example of that. I don't know. Um, and during this time, as a church, we've experienced the great resignation as well. We've, we've seen leaders and members leave our church, move to different parts of the country, leave the area. And yet, one of the real joys and blessings during the great resignation has also been that our church has gotten to welcome new people into this community. And so that's just a joy that we have. Um, and what I want you to hear as I share all of that backstory, all of these difficult transitions that we've been through, what I want you to hear is that we have made it through, and we've made it through by God's grace. Can I get an amen to that? Amen. 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 Yes. And, and so for those of you guys who've been here for the long haul for... You know, the, the Jan and Eds of our church who've been here longer than, I, than I've even probably lived in Seattle. For those of you guys who are just showing up, and this is maybe your first Sunday with us, for everybody who is in between, I, I just want to say you, you are an evidence of God's grace. That God's people coming together, that, that new people joining God's family, all of these things are an evidence of God's grace. Now, through the Advent season, we celebrated God's grace to us when he sent Jesus uh, to come and to save us. And so we celebrate the grace of God as, as we've celebrated that season. But what we also remember is that he's given us grace upon that grace, that he heaps it onto us, that God is that good and that kind to us. And so even if you look at no other evidence, here's the proof. We exist. <laughs> we, we exist as a church family, and, and that is amazing, and we should never stop being amazed at that reality. And yet at the same time, we shouldn't quite be surprised because God is so gracious, because He is so good. And this thing that He is doing on planet Earth called the church is a sign of His graciousness and the fact that He never changes in that. Hebrews 13.8 is the verse we're going to look at today. It says, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, hello, there's light. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. 
And this week as I prayed and I, and I was just kind of seeking God on what he would have me share with you guys today, he brought this verse to mind. He reminded me of this truth. And it's a truth that has carried me through all those difficult transitions that I just mentioned. And it's a truth that I return to over and over again. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. What do we mean when we look at that more closely? Well, because Jesus is the same yesterday, we must have a past perspective. Here's what I mean. God the Son, He existed in eternity past, before the foundation of the earth. He existed in perfect unity with God the Father and God the Spirit. And when He took on flesh and He became human with us, He remained the same. He didn't change in His character or His essence. While He took on human flesh, He still remained the same. And that's why we worship Jesus Christ as God come to be with us, right? And then when Jesus rose from death and ascended into heaven and he sent his Holy Spirit, the church was born. And in all of that, he didn't change in his character or in his essence. And now for the past 2,000 years of history, the church, it's continued on. And so we have to have this past perspective. We have to look at what came before us and the people who have come before us who have come and they've worshipped Jesus and they have lived for him and they've existed as the church. Yes, the church has had some pretty hideous failures, but the church has also had some beautiful triumphs. And through all of it, Jesus Christ has been the same. Friends, church names, they come and go. Church buildings come and go. Even we as Trinity West Seattle, we will come and go, but Jesus remains the same. He remains the same, and so the church has endured through the ages, and that gives us hope for the future. Why? Because if he is unchanging, and we as the church are built upon him and his faithfulness to the church for thousands of years already then we know that good is in front of us as his people, as, and even as this community that we call Trinity. So Jesus Christ is the same yesterday. But Jesus Christ is also the same forever, and so we look toward that future. We must have a future perspective as well. And we know that because Jesus Christ is the same forever, that good is in front of us. Yes, we may go through more difficulty. We will, actually. I promise that to you today. (laughs) I know that's not the promise that like a big vision sermon is supposed to give. We will go through more difficulty. But we know that Jesus Christ is the same forever. And so we know that even if we go through difficulty, it's not without purpose. Because what we do today has an eternal purpose significance. You know, Jesus gives us this eternal significance as the church, and yet we, so often, we look for our significance in other places. I'll give you an example. Uh, We live in a great city, don't we? Amen? I mean, 
let's just stop for a second and praise God for the glory that we see around us. I mean, this morning as the skies were clear, I don't know if any of you guys saw the sunrise. I'll, I'll admit I don't often see it in the winter months, but today I did, and it was just gorgeous. And you could see Mount Rainier, and you could see mountains in every direction. I mean, we live in a great city, but it's not just great because of the beauty that we have around us. We also live in a great city because there's so many incredible human achievements that have happened here and are happening here. I'll, I'll, I'll give you some examples, whether it's the arts or in, in medicine or in the tech sector, right? Just thinking about some of those things. Seattle is a city where we are blessed to be around greatness, and oftentimes we also are blessed to be a part of it. What I mean by that is, like, I don't work for UW Medicine, but being in a city where UW Medicine exists makes me kind of feel like, yeah, that's pretty cool. We're a part of a city that has some great innovations in that field. I mean, think about when the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl a few years ago, right? It was, do you see the city come together? It was as though we won, right? As individuals, as, as a community. And there's this transcendence that comes from being a part of something like that, from being a part of a city that has some semblance of significance to it. But what I want to highlight right now is that there's also a darker side to this. It's not only good. We can make the mistake of thinking that achievement is our goal as Christians. Somehow we need to achieve something in this life in order to gain eternal significance. When in reality, we have a much greater goal. One that isn't just for us, but it's one that we are to share with Seattle. You know, a few verses later, after the one that we just looked at in Hebrews, in chapter 13, verse 14, it says, For here we have no lasting city. But we seek the city that is to come. The vision of Jesus' church is one of eternal perspective, where we are constantly looking forward to and pursuing that final goal, where one day Jesus will return and he will make all things new and people from every class, country, culture, and color will come together for eternity to be with King Jesus in his heavenly city, the New Jerusalem. Can you picture that time? Do you see it out ahead of us? Do you look forward to it? A time where Jesus comes and, and he puts an end to death. He puts an end to evil. He puts an end to suffering. Can you picture a time where wars and famines cease and everyone, everywhere comes together, united around him to worship him? You know, as a church who's a part of the universal church here in Seattle, our presence here has the potential to show our city glimpses of that future city. And that's what we want to be about as a church, as the church here, we want to show the city this Jesus who we love. 
We want to show them this Jesus through the ways in which we get to be his ambassadors and, and participate in his work as he heals people, as he brings people up out of poverty, as, as he uh, draws people to himself for eternal salvation, as, as he is a minister of reconciliation, we want to do the same sort of work on his behalf. And so our vision as a church is about holding these two things in tension, the past and the future. Our church vision is about living between two different worlds, earth and heaven. The purpose of Trinity is to be a local expression of that. That's why our vision is on earth as it is in heaven. But what exactly does that look like? Well, that brings us to the last point that I wanted to share with you from this passage in Hebrews 13.8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because Jesus Christ is the same today, we must have a present perspective. Now, I wish that I could tell you that um, living in the moment, uh, living for today as a Christian is always full of excitement and you know, energy and all of those kinds of things. And, so, and sometimes it is. Sometimes the Christian life is just invigorating and, and there's change and transformation that we get to celebrate and we worship a God who gives us abundant life. And so, yes, we get to experience that. But, but sometimes living in the tension of the moment is living in this tension between this past and this future where things are incomplete. And, and the vision that the Bible gives for us in the moment is one that's often very mundane and ordinary. It's very pedestrian. It's, it's not that like taking over the world kind of excitement most of the time because we're in this slow, slow process as Jesus' followers. We're becoming slowly more and more like him. And it just takes time, which means that Almighty God is at work in our everyday, ordinary moments. And that's good news. Because Jesus is the same today. Jesus is the same today. So in our ordinary, everyday lives, when you go from this building where you learn, where you live, where you work, where you play. You've got to remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When you go and you encounter those people who you have relationships with, the good and the bad, you've got to remember, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. When we think about who we are as a church and our identity, we must remember that we're a part of something so much greater, that's this global thing that's happening right now, and it's something that's been happening for over 2,000 years, and we need to remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and in all of this, what I want you to hear is that He is our vision. Jesus, yes, let's give a praise to God for that, amen. Jesus is our vision. And so as we gather together and as we share our lives with one another and then as we scatter to our, uh, our offices, even if they're digital right now, right? 
or for those of you guys who are working more blue-collar jobs, I don't know, if we scatter from here and we go to our sawhorses and our, and our plumbing or whatever, as we scatter from here to raise our children or to scrub our toilets, yes, that's part of all this, as we hang out with our friends at the pub or we eat food, as we read our Bible and as we pray, as we share our faith, as we serve the poor, the weak, the oppressed, we're participating in God's past, in his present, and in his future all at once. Because Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is our vision. And so I'd like to close this time in God's word with some time in prayer. And I want to do this a little bit differently than we normally would do on a Sunday. Uh, we just as, as it's our birthday and it's kind of a special day, we're going to do a few things un, unusual to what we would normally do as we gather here. Uh, I want to open some time just for some prayer. As we're a church who's celebrating seven years of existence, we know that that has only been by the grace of God through prayer. And we want to pray toward the future as a community. We also don't want to just think of ourselves, though. We want to be praying for um, the, the church that, that's in the greater region. We want to be praying for our city and some of these kinds of things. But also, I've, I've invited some of the leaders to come forward and to just kind of have some open time in prayer um, to, to pray whatever the Holy Spirit is laying on their heart as we're here together and, and we're going to do a few different things than uh, abnormal to our, our typical Sunday gathering after this prayer time. The band will come up. Um, they'll, in fact, you guys can, Nick, if you guys want to begin to come up now, um, the band will lead us in a song. Then we'll send the parents to go get their kids, those of you guys who have your kids in kids' ministry. Uh, and we're going to come, all, all of us together, before some of us uh, have decided to make member commitments, and I'll go into all the details for that uh, later on in, in the service, but I'm just going to give you a feel for all these things. But as Jesus is our vision, we want to just begin this response time with some time in prayer. So I'll begin that, and then uh, leaders and, and those of you guys who are uh, going to come and pray, we'd invite you guys to begin to, to do that, and we can just kind of line up over here uh, next to the stage. God, as we look at this very simple verse, we recognize how packed with beautiful truth it is that, Jesus, you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And, Jesus, we just confess that we need this truth. We need it to carry us through our everyday we need it to carry us as a, as a church community, as we seek your will and as we try and keep our eyes fixed on you and, and not get distracted from what you have called your church to be in this world. Jesus, would you help us? Would you guide us in all things? Father, I just thank you for your faithfulness, and I thank you that no matter where we're at, you call us home. You call us to your heart, to your family. 
Lord, I wake up this morning and there's sunshine, and that just brings that light to my soul. It gives me a feeling of joy. Um, as much as I love the sound of rain on the roof, as much as uh, the lightning and a thunderstorm um, is exciting to me, though I know that that's fearful for some, that's frightening, I know that you are in control. But just as the sunlight brings joy to my soul. You are our light. And Lord, I just ask that as a community, as a church, as a global church, that we will listen for your voice. There's so much noise in the current circumstances. There are so many places that we are bombarded by information and by quick little snippets of this and that that just can instantly change our mood and change our day. But if we have our eyes fixed on you, Lord, if we listen for your voice, for your truth, um, for the truth, you are the way, the truth, and the life. And if we follow your path, we can find rest in that. We can lay our fears aside. And Lord, I just ask that you will help us as a church to listen for your voice among all the other noise, that we will be able to rest in the fact that you love us and that you have a plan and that you will carry us through. And that even amidst, amidst all of the fears and the things that, um, that can tend to pull and weigh on us, that we can turn those burdens over to you. chuckle at how we make so much out of who we are and what we're up to. Lord, you're the creator of the universe. You've given us the, the breath in our, our lungs, the sunshine on our faces, and the ability to love, Lord. So we're so very grateful for this church, um, and as you know, the, the, it's the people of the church, Lord, not the building. Uh, we feel blessed to be able to have a shelter over us, but Lord, I'm so very grateful for the people of Trinity and the community that has walked alongside each other through such difficult times, the good times, the bad times, the love, the laughter, all of it, Lord, um, just being able to do life with one another. Lord, as we look to the future, um, we just pray that these relationships deepen, and uh, just because you're in the center of them, Lord, that we have a, a bond to one another that is through you. So we thank you, and we're excited about what you have in store for us. Uh, it is a privilege to be together as your people. It's a, an utter privilege to be part of your church, um, which means, Lord Jesus, that, that if we've accepted you as Savior, we are, we are your family. We are your children, God. And, Lord, I, I immediately, we immediately we just recognize in your presence that we do not deserve any of this. We don't deserve to be your children. We fail all the time. And yet, that failure, you, you know, you know our future failures, let alone our present and our past. And you, you sent us your son, God. You sent us Jesus 
to save us and to redeem us and to make us whole and right and to make us your ambassadors and your witnesses and your hands and feet in the place where you planted us, Lord. And so I just, I pray by your spirit that you would ignite our love for you. You would bring us to repentance in the ways, Lord, that we have, we continue to fail you and, and lead us again in your ways that we may be about your work. Help us, Lord Jesus, be filled with your spirit so we can go love other people the way that you have loved us. Help us recognize that wherever we are at this moment in time, we are there because you have placed us there, because you have kingdom work for us to do there. And I pray that you'd help us recognize we are your, we are your witnesses, we are your people. Um, broken, yes, and, and inferior, yes, but we're filled with your spirit. It's not our power, Lord Jesus, at work in the world. It is yours through us. May we remember that the same spirit who raised Jesus from the dead lives in us. And I pray, Jesus, that you would just transform this community um, through your church. Thank you, Lord. Wow, God, thank you for, we get to, we get to participate in, in your plan and be a part of the church, the global church right here in West Seattle. And we just pray that you would take all of our fears and all of our brokenness and help us to turn to you. And as a friend of mine says, it all begins with repentance. And if we can come together and repent and be open with you and be vulnerable, open ourselves up, and then you can, you can wash us clean by the blood of your Son and bring us together in unity to do good in the world, that's what we want, God. And we're just, we want to be honest with you, we want to be open, with open hands with our lives together as a community. And you could use us to do good here in West Seattle and in our nation and in the world. Use us to be your hands and feet, to heal, to help, to reach the lost, the afraid, the afflicted, the marginalized, people who need help, broken relationships, broken marriages, kids who are hurting here and around the world. We ask that you Speak to us and use us. You want to you partner with us? It doesn't make sense, but you want to partner with us. So, okay, let's partner. Let's do this work together. And you want to use us broken people, sinful people, sinners and saints at the same time. You want to you work with us and through us. Okay, let's do it. Thank you for this opportunity to participate. Uh, I want to just leave the floor open. If you want to come up and pray, pray for our church, our city, our nation, the world, <laughs> the church. I want to leave it open for a couple more minutes if you'll come.
Lord, uh, just reminded last night of my daughter who was just struggling in some intense fear and anxiety. And I didn't have very many words for her, but how she relished my presence and wrapped her little arms around me. And I know that I can, as a sinful father, can barely do that. How much more will you be with us in our anxieties and our fears that languish and that plague us every day? Just pray that your presence would be known and felt and that we, as a church of Trinity and the church in West Seattle and greater and beyond, would live in a way, though fears and anxieties and stresses may haunt us, that we would live in a way that we know and walk and and live that our Father is with us all the time and is resting with us and wrapping his arms around us and that that presence would comfort us and give us a peace beyond all understanding so that we may rest soundly, that we would live in just a genuineness and kindness and a gentleness with others and that they would know that there is something different about that peace, that love that doesn't come from us, but it comes from you. Help us to live that way, Lord. Thank you for having this church built on upon top of this hill, the high point of Seattle. Because truly, the spirit that's in this room and all these people is the high point of Seattle. You've got a mark of love in you, and you have more knowledge than you understand, and you have more ability than you allow yourself to utilize. This church is great. You've shown me a lot of love, and I appreciate it. And I've lived here all my life, and High Point's always been a unique place, but I never thought that it would make such a difference in my life by being able to come to this church. I belong actually to a couple other churches in my life, and the spirit here is, is unique. And you all have a great gift here. The worst thing is, though, most of you don't recognize it. Amen. But you've got it. And the real difference is confidence. A lot of times we have it, but we don't think we have enough of it. So we don't do anything with it. We're still waiting to get all we have. And Christ says, you already have all you have because you have him. Therefore, you have everything you need. The Holy Spirit walks with those who follow Christ. Thank you for allowing me to be in your church and speak.
as we continue to respond to you, God, if we, uh, if I were to characterize the heart right now, it's just gratitude. Thank you, God. Thank you for your goodness and your grace. In Jesus' name, we bring all these prayers before you. You've been listening to audio from Trinity West Seattle. For more information about our services or to connect with us, visit our website, www.trinityws.com. Thanks for listening.